This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Anyhow, let's talk wrestling, because R-A-S-S-L-I-N spells wrestling. I don't it think does. it's... It does, yeah. 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 So, uh, let's, let's just get Extreme Rules out of the way. It is this Sunday, June the 4th, in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, this will be a, a Raw brand uh, show with uh, six big matches on the card. No yeah. pre-show match advertised, I'm noticing. So I think they'll just have some sort of uh, last-minute uh, throwaway. Who cares? Um, yeah, I mean, something usually will come up, but I'm surprised that they didn't sort of lead to anything yeah. on Raw. My yeah. guess is maybe it's going to involve um, Titus and Apollo Crews oh. or something. Probably. They've been, they've been king of the pre-show lately. Uh, so we got a mixed tag match because this is extreme rules. So it, you know it's got to be this gimmicky pay per view, and apparently a mixed tag is now a gimmicky enough. Yeah. Can I? Okay. Before before we get into it. Yeah. Are any of these matches extreme? Um, there is a steel cage match. Right, and a steel cage we see all the time. Yeah. And there's never any color. Right. Yeah. So if there's no blood, why well, nothing... have a steel cage? It's a waste. None of these matches are anything new. The Fatal Five Way is Extreme Rules, so that'll be on the floor, in you know, here, there, everywhere type of gimmick. But um, right, but, but again, not see, extreme. this is why there, I there's hate no one taking a cheese grater to somebody's face. See, it, this is why know. I kind of hate the gimmicky pay per views like TLC and Extreme Rules, because like, all right, you know, Royal Rumbles were a rumble. Yep, that's perfect. Uh, the Elimination Chamber, I view as an acceptable pay-per-view to have a match like that. Like, you can have a themed pay-per-view called the Elimination Chamber because usually you have six random guys kind of in it or maybe storylines somewhat intertwined, but that kind of makes sense, you know? Right. Uh, same thing with Money in the Bank. Again, six, seven guys all for the common you know, common purpose of trying to get that briefcase for a title shot anytime, anywhere, any place. Right. Beyond, and then Survivor Series, when you have the traditional Survivor Series elimination rules matches. Or like, say, the old King of the Ring, where you had that tournament. Other than that, I hate these theme pay-per-views. I hate the Hell in the Cell. I hate TLC. I hate Extreme Rules. And I, I, I guess I say hate. What it is, I don't like them. Because to me, these type of matches have to happen because it's the culmination of a feud or an ongoing feud between two guys or two tag teams or two girls or whatever it is. And for the big feud blow-off, they're going to have a Hell in a Cell match. They're going to have, you know, a uh, street fight. They're going to have a steel cage or this, that, or whatever. You know what I mean? Yep. But when you have these events like TLC, Extreme Rules, and Hell in a Cell, you're having it because that's the show that's on the schedule. And I I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I don't like that. I've never been a fan of that. 
Uh, anyways, with that being said, I guess ultimately no, other than the main event, which even then, none of these are really what I would call extreme rules. So. I, I mean, one one of the extreme rules is if Ambrose gets disqualified, he loses the belt. That is so extreme so if you're Ambrose. They're, they're taking away the possibility of that being an extreme match. Right, because there's no – Ambrose can't be DQ'd, yeah. <laughs> right. So yep. – I, I, God, I didn't even think of that too. You just said that, but you're right. That is the opposite of an extreme rules match. Right. Yeah, I was thinking about this yesterday when they were talking. Not yesterday, Monday when they were talking about, uh, yeah, you know, the matches and stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, how are you calling something extreme rules and then taking away any possibility of anything extreme? Okay, and then again, all right. So this goes back to there's this, and this just made me think of it. Okay, I went to this indie show and. The uh, this this one guy the finish of the match was if it was a no disqual it was a uh, if there was a um, if one guy gets disqualified he he loses the belt gimmick like this is basically if the champ is disqualified okay so uh, they go they have the whole match and this is the last match on the card they have the whole match it's not a great match to begin with. And then one guy punches the other guy, and the, the champion punches the other guy in the face. Okay. Now, he hadn't punched him all match long, but he punched him in the face, and the ref called for the bell and disqualified them because, as he said when he got on the mic, it is against the rules to use a closed fist. So, therefore, he was disqualified. <laughs> and it's the first time in my life at a show... That I actually yelled out when there was only maybe 40 people in this room. That's fucking bullshit. I want my 10 bucks back. <laughs> like I was, I was livid because seriously, yeah. Like we'd watch guys the other seven matches on the card punch each other constantly. You know, right. uh, they even did the stupid classic 10 punch in the corner thing, and the same referee didn't disqualify that guy. <laughs> he punched him 10 times right in front of his face. And so I said to one of the one of the other guys that I know that's a wrestler. I said to him, "That's a, that's such bullshit finish." He punched him in the face, and they called for a DQ. It doesn't make any sense. He's like, "Well, it's against the rules." I won't fuck you, Sonny. That's bullshit. Like, don't 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 do that. That's that. No, no, that is weak sauce. His finisher's not even a punch in the face for crying out loud. Like, you know, like I remember years ago watching a match between like Mike Rotundo and. Dr. Death, Steve Williams. And if it was, you know, it was a you can't break the rules match, which basically meant like you can't break, though, you can't pull hair. Like they made a point of saying you can't pull hair, you can't use a closed fist, you know, you can't, you know what I mean? Like they, they were just like, because like usually the referee has latitude, you know, on and on and on. Uh, and, and Dr. Death lost because. Rotundo goaded him into punching him in the face, and he did. And he used a closed fist, and he punched him, and they disqualified him for it. That kind of made sense because yeah, that was the, the storyline. That was yeah, exactly. That was the rules of the match. You cannot break the rules. It's not a if he's disqualified, he loses the belt and loses the match. You know, and it was ugh, it just annoyed the hell out of me. And that's all I was thinking about when you brought up the you know. If Ambrose is disqualified, which is the opposite of extreme rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like here ready for this other extreme rule in a match? Yeah, go ahead. Submission. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna get extreme with that submission. 
they're going to hold it a little bit harder. Yeah, after the referee calls for the bell, he's not going to let go straight away. He's going to have to he's going to get his five count before he lets him go. That way the referee doesn't reverse the decision. Yeah. Yeah, and he he, he kind of torqued it on there a little more. You had that I quit match with Mankind and the Rock. Yeah. Where he took like 180 chair shots to the face. I think it was he, yeah, I think yeah. And he didn't give up. No, he didn't quit at all. He he got knocked out and they used a recording from earlier, remember? Right, which, yeah. which I called as soon as he shouted that in the promo before the show. Oh yeah, I I, I, they're yeah. using that later and that's how he's losing the match. <laughs> but um yeah, but you have that and then now you're like here's some extreme for you. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Anyways, going back though, Rich Swan and Sasha Banks, because Sasha Banks apparently has gone from the top of the card to the bottom of the pile. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie brought up a good point. What? When I said, who did she murder to get herself thrown into this position? Yeah. Um, apparently, his his theory is they're just trying to give some kind of star power to get people to watch 205 Live. Ah, uh, Okay. Yeah, I hear. Okay, so did you listen? Huh? I mean, maybe. Oh, sounds on. Did you listen to um? Well, what happened when with Tony Schiavone this past Monday? No, okay, I'm way behind on podcasts. Yeah, I'm. I am too. But there's certain ones I I make a point to listen to every week. Uh, so anyways, uh. They did, uh, was it Halloween Havoc 99 or Halloween right. Havoc 98 last week? And Conrad was saying that when, when Meltzer had, like, you know, the top viewed shows for the week off the network, you know what I mean? Like, what was the most viewed, most watched? Halloween Havoc beat out 205. Halloween Havoc 98 <laughs> beat out 205 Live. Huh. So yeah. it's like so we I, th- I feel we had a direct effect on Halloween Havoc's viewership last week when we announced we were going to do that for the show and it beat out 205 Live and I'm like that's that's really bad for 205 Live yeah because the uh, I mean, did you watch the uh, Tazawa cage match no not yet it it was it was pretty good yeah I mean there's a lot of talent on the show but again I'm. I'm like three weeks behind on it. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, as as far as extreme rules go, uh, I, I mean, I I don't see Rich Swan and Sasha Banks losing. I I don't see it either. But you never yeah, know I because never. Sasha did get uh, did lose clean in the middle of the ring to Alicia Fox a couple weeks back. Right, but then she got the win back, didn't she? Yeah, but still, you never know. Yeah. Anyways, but it's uh, Rich Swan and Sasha Banks against Noem Dar and Alicia Fox. So I- I'm picking Swan and Banks on this one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the much talked about submission match for the Cruiserweight Championship is Neville. We'll go against Austin Aries. Uh, quick, name Neville's submission hold. The Rings of Saturn. Oh, that's right. He is using one now. I forgot he just started using one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I-, I think Austin Aries is going to go over. I absolutely agree with you. I, you know, they, this is like their third match for the title, I think, or fourth match for the title. I think Austin's probably going to get the win. Yep. Uh, Steel Cage, the Hardy Boys, defending their tag team titles against Cesaro and Sheamus. Unfortunately, I see the Hardy Boys losing. I do, too. Because logic. Yep. 
you know, gotta, gotta keep Cesaro and Sheamus in the spotlight somehow. They're bad guys now, so you know, you gotta have a bad guy run with the belts. Yep. Uh, I, I hope that this maybe breaks the Hardys. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping a good uh, steel cage beating beat breaks the Hardys myself. Uh, Alexa Bliss defending her Raw Women's Championship against Bailey in a kendo stick on a pole match. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think Bailey wins. I I want Alexa Bliss to keep it, but I see Bailey winning because no one would expect her to beat her with the kendo stick. Yeah. We're gonna, we're finally gonna see the vicious side of Bailey, are we? Yeah, I guess. But yeah. she's the whole time she's not gonna be happy doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's my guess. She'll have she'll do it begrudgingly. Correct. Uh, uh, also, yeah. um, that segment on Raw. Oh, that <laughs> I didn't watch it. Oh, I've heard yeah. they've removed it from the Hulu edited version. They completely got yeah. rid of it. Um, what I saw. It's garbage. Uh, it was everything I read was garbage. I watched it Ugh. live. Like I had, I had just cut up on my TiVo to it. Oh no! So you couldn't even fast forward. So I couldn't fast forward, and oh my goodness, it was. I'm not even joking. It was the worst segment I've seen on TV in years. Oh yeah, I heard it was abysmal. It. It was slow paced, like it. I mean, it just did not flow. It was completely idiotic. I, I mean, the whole thing was just terrible, and it was so painful because, uh, like, Alexa Bliss has been one of the best on the mic. Yep. In you know, in the last few months, but oh my goodness, this was just hard to watch. Yeah, it was. It was difficult, <laughs> from what I heard. Yeah. Uh, Wicked Lazy Dean Ambrose defending his intercontinental title against The Miz with Maurice in the if Ambrose is disqualified he will lose the title match I I think he's going to get himself disqualified Um, I think that's probably yeah I don't necessarily know if he's going to get himself disqualified. It, it'll be a screw job. That's how but he gets I disqualified. Yeah. Somebody else interfering in the match. Well, if someone just, possibly, I mean, yeah, if someone I, comes I out and attacks Miz, then Ambrose gets disqualified. I believe that's what's going to happen. Yep. So. I mean, I don't know who or what, but someone else is getting involved. Yep. And that's what's how the Miz gets the IC bill. And back because he needs to hold it again. Yep. Yeah. Uh, who would he be transition champion for? I wonder. Oh, probably Finn or. Nope. No, because you think Finn's gonna win that Fatal Five Way. Yes, I do. And the main event is the Fatal Five Way Extreme Rules match to determine the number one contender with Roman Reigns against Seth Rollins against Finn Balor against Bray Wyatt against Samoa Joe. Um, I'd love to see Finn win this one. I think he's going to. Um, I don't want to see Roman Reigns win ever. <laughs> I definitely don't want to see Roman Reigns against uh, Brock Lesnar again. Why not? I've seen that enough. I think Finn Balor against Brock would be interesting. Yep. Or Finn Balor against Joe, or I mean, or 
Brock against Joe or Brock against Bray Wyatt even. Yeah. Um, now, this is not an elimination match. This looks like it's one fall to a finish, apparently. Well, th- have they explained what the extreme rules are? Well, that that basically means there are no rules. Right, but like like yesterday on SmackDown, the women had their fatal five-way match for the number one contendership, yeah. and they announced that it was an elimination match. Huh. Well, maybe they'll announce that on Sunday. Who knows? Or or maybe they won't, and they'll just start doing it, and everybody will be like, uh, did we miss them announcing that this was an elimination? Yeah, that seems totally accurate as well. <laughs> no, that seems but very plausible. Me, the the thing, the reason why I, I first started thinking Finn was going to go over here yeah. is because a couple weeks ago, you have everybody else cutting promos on each other, and Finn's not there, and then Finn's out in the ring, and that's when Heyman comes out to talk. Oh, yeah, like, no, that does make perfect sense. You're right. That, you know, why would this be the opportunity? But, I mean, again, Finn never lost the belt. Obviously, they had plans for Finn with the belt yep. before he got it's, hurt. He keeps saying it's the title he never lost, so... So I, I would... And, I mean, also, you know... Not all the time, but every once in a while, WWE loves their Davy versus Goliath stories. Yes. Yep. You know. That'd be a good one. Yes, sir. So on the SmackDown side of things, there's one thing going on there that really is bothering me right now. Um, and the Usos? <sighs> no. Actually, for a change. Uh, the fact that in July they're advertising matches of Jinder Mahal against Shinsuke Nakamura for the title and house shows. Interesting. Yeah. Because, like, I just... Uh, Jinder Mahal is still a jobber to me. He's a, he, I, that's, he's a jobber. I don't buy him as a believable, credible champion. Um... I said it last week. I'm saying it again tonight. He's a jobber, and yeah, it's kind of disgusting. Yeah, I, as a fan, to that you know that that that's like knowing that the reason that he has the belt around his waist is because they're you know they're going to break into the uh, the uh, India India market. For me, what sort of bugs me is that um, if just say Shinsuke wins the belt off of Jinder Mahal. Mm-hmm. I feel like if that's something that they're building to. Yeah. It doesn't seem to me like that makes Shinsuke a legitimate champion because no, he, it, like a nobody. Yeah. You know exactly. Like uh, yeah. Yeah. You can't put the belt on the guy and then have him go on a win streak and pick up an impressive string of wins and build himself up. And He's got to do that before he gets the belt. Right. You have to make him credible before you put the belt on him. You know, just put the belt on him and go, oh, that'll do it. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just... It's really sad to me that wrestling is not presenting itself in the high regard that it used to when it came to, like, the, being a champion. Right. You know, because even when, like, even when Hogan had the belt, I mean, you know, he he had a, the, his first run when he was champ for, like, pretty near four years, or just over four years, you know? 
and they threw everyone at him type of thing. You had Ric Flair. I mean, even the Intercontinental Championship, the tag team champ, meant something to be the champion. Uh-huh. You know, rather it was WWE, ECW, WCW, NWA, whatever you want. You know, it meant something to be champion. Even back in the territory days when you were a regional champion, it even, meant something to be the Florida heavyweight champion. Even back five years ago. Yeah. You know, but now it's just the way they. My, my I did that. Well, that. okay, no, not even back five years ago, okay, because I just did that blog post on my blog, the Wrestling Insomniac cheap plug. That in the year two thousand, the WCW Championship changed hands twenty five times. Right, but look, look also semi recently, you had CM Punk hold the the yep. world title for four hundred something days. Yeah, that's you true. Had the New Day almost go five hundred days with the tag belt. Yeah, Oscar's you know, now I mean, got a huge run. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, some of it yeah. makes sense. But at the same time, then you have, you know, the, my my biggest issue, and, and I agree with you completely, yeah. is some of the belts flip-flop every couple weeks. Yeah. And that, you know, it's not... People winning the title should be, like, it should feel more exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you have someone win the belt and then a couple weeks later somebody else wins the belt and then somebody, you know, like where's, you know, where's the, the thrill, right? You know, for for the fans. I mean, and, like, and go the ahead. belts, the belts that don't flip flop all the time, yeah, are never defended. Yeah, like Dean Ambrose in the the IC belt, he's held that belt for like seven years, it seems like, and I don't remember ever having like a straight up match that I like gave any craps about. Yeah, you know, no, um, I agree with you. Universal champ. He hasn't even been on TV since he won the belt. Whenever that was. I, I, I almost feel like the titles in NXT are held at a higher regard. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, eh. so I don't know. It's kind of, it's, it's like, all right, ring of honor. Jay Lethal was Ring of Honor champion for a year and a half, whatever it was. I mean, it was an unbelievable amount of time that he was the Ring of Honor champion. Right. And then he dropped the belt to Adam Cole, who then kind of dropped it on a fluke, unprepared title defense to uh, Kyle O'Reilly, but then he won the belt back. And then they had been building a story with um, Christopher Daniels for months and months and months as far as, you know, basically like you know, the 43-year-old guy who never won the hell, the big title and, and you know, on and on and on. And, and then, so, you know, now he's champion and everything. And he's had a great run so far. Hasn't been that long, but it's been, you know, a good run so far. And um, they just announced that for the Ring of Honor you know, pay-per-view coming up here, the best in the world uh, in Lowell, Massachusetts on June 23rd. I'm going to that, by the way. I have a front row aisle. I'm jacked up about that. Um, but they just announced that he'll be defending the title against Cody Rhodes. Oh, yeah. You know what? I just saw that. And that it's like an anniversary of his father. Yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, anyways, I'm completely excited about that because I feel like I'm going to see a title change. And I want a title change is going to mean something, too. You know what I mean? Like, because it's gonna it's a straight one-on-one match and... Maybe there'll be outsider interference. Maybe not. I doubt it. Ring of Honor does not do a lot of outsider interference. They do run-ins post-match 
type yeah. of thing. But during the match, they don't usually have any outside interference type of thing going on. But you know, I, I feel like you know it's time. You know, I, I just I feel like Cody's going to get the win. I feel like Cody's going to win the belt and become the Ring of Honor World Champion um, for many reasons. And I'm I'm pretty excited to see it. And plus, the lineup of guys that are going to be there is awesome. You know, the Marty Scroll, the Young Bucks. Adam Page, you know, of all the, the Pullet Club, plus, you know, Dalton Castle and the boys, Silas Young, uh, you know, just, it, it's a great lineup of guys, a couple of guys from CMLL are going to be there as well, Kushida's going to be there on the show, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty jacked about it, they haven't, they've only match they've announced is the main event world title match, so, but yeah, it's going to be a good night of wrestling. Sounds like it. It's going to be a good night of wrestling. So. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the uh, women's Money in the Bank ladder match? Well, it's, the, it's, the, it's the, the, the competitors in the match are who we said it would be. And I honestly feel like this is going to sound odd, but. As much as I'd love to see Charlotte win it, I feel like it's going to be Carmella. <laughs> I, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Seriously, I feel like it's going to be Carmella. Of the people in that match, I just feel like it's going to be her because it's the one you least expect. And uh, Honestly, I expect her more than I would expect uh, Tamina Snuka to win. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But still, like I, I think and here's the thing. I think the way she acts with her attitude, she could carry that around for several months, threatening to use it, type of thing, and have it be, you know, a thing that the right. fans will hate her for it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's who I want to win, but I feel like it's going to be Carmella. Now, they had previously announced that. Naomi was going to fight, you know, defend her belt at the at the. Uh, Money oh in the Bank. yeah, against the winner of the Money in the Bank. <laughs> so, so it who does she have a match? I'm probably not now. Which is awesome. Yeah, probably I mean, it's not. not. It's not awesome, man. I don't. I don't think that the women's ladder match is going to be that great because the people that I would want to see compete in a match like that. Yeah half of them are on Raw. I think what you're going to see is they're going to try to do a lot of big stuff that, the, you know, to, to be like I'm not going to say like the men but just to be like the other ladder matches that we've seen in the past and I just, I don't think everyone in that match has the talent and ability to pull it off. Yeah. And I think the ones that do can't be the ones taking the big bumps constantly. Well, but I mean, you know, Charlotte is probably going to do one. She's going to moonsault off the top of the ladder. Yeah. Off the top of the ladder. Yeah. Onto the floor is my guess. Yeah. Onto everybody. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I totally can see that happening. Yeah. (sighs) Good lord. And it'll be awesome. Oh yeah. And it'll be basically the only thing worth watching in that match. 
Oh yeah. Like you're you're not going to see one of the women go running up the ladder that's leaning against another ladder like Shelton <laughs> Benjamin. No. You know. No, not, absolutely you're not. not. You're not going to see one of them take the bump that Kevin Owens did and then just lay there for the last ten minutes of the match with his head in between the rungs. No, yeah. no, no. That was awesome. Hey, yeah. did you watch the um, Pete Dunne against uh, Tyler Bate yet? From Takeover? Yeah, yeah. I thought I couldn't remember if you had watched. I, did, maybe it was Ronnie. Did we talk this. about this? Yes, we did. Yeah, I I watched Takeover live. Uh, maybe it was Ronnie that hadn't watched yet that I was talking to. Oh no, I didn't watch it live. I watched it part right after it ended and part Sunday morning. Okay, that's what. Okay, all right, that's yeah, what yeah. it was. All right, all right. Disregard. It was just a great match. It was fantastic. I haven't watched it. I have not watched it a second time yet. Oh, I've it. watched it four times now. <clears throat> Yeah. Just that okay. match. Like, that's the best match of the weekend, hands down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm still, I'm a little groggy. I I worked overnight last night. I had a dental cleaning this morning, you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to going to bed here. Hey, um, did you read the wrestling magazines when you were a kid? Uh, some of them. I had a subscription to the WWF magazine. Oh, my, my dad got me one when I was, I had that, yep. Um... And there was another one. I forget what it was. Maybe Pro Wrestling Illustrated or something. Yep, that's still around. That's like the only left wrestling magazine month. That's like the only monthly magazine left. Yeah, I think. I want to say it was those two. Yeah. And that it, I didn't even know that it existed until I was like on vacation one summer, up on Cape Cod, and. Uh, I went into just like a local newsstand kind of place and they had a WWF magazine and I'm like, uh, mom, you're buying this for me. And <laughs> like right then I took out the subscription card and subscribed. And I remember, um, let me see, uh, the, um, the other one, the probably pro wrestling illustrated, there was an article about sting and the ultimate warrior when they were the Blade Runners. Yep. And I was like, I have to read this. So I bought that, and then I I would get that magazine whenever I saw it. I don't I don't think I subscribed to that one, but I definitely I'd pick it up whenever. whenever one of the I things about it. PWI that eventually got me jaded against it was is like they'd have the monthly interview with the wrestlers. But then I found out they never actually interviewed the wrestlers. They just made it up based on TV storylines. Huh. Like, that was the thing that used to bother me, is, like, PWI had, once WWE basically said, hey, you know, kayfabe's dead, or we're breaking kayfabe, PWI maintained kayfabe still for quite a while. That was right. very frustrating as a fan, but, like, when I was a kid, um, I, I had a subscription to WWF magazine at my dad's house. Uh, I know I had them back as far as 1987. So, yeah. I think so, like, that's before me because the first I remember was I'm trying to think what year was the first Survivor Series 80 87 it was 87 yep. okay so it was probably maybe 89 around yeah, yeah. no I just I remember from some of the co- covers whatever because um, I remember like I want to say one of the first ones they were talking about Wrestlemania 3 in it type of thing like you know oh it was like the first issue after Wrestlemania 3 so I had like all the articles about that in it. Right. Um, 
But yeah, so my dad, I had a subscription at my dad's house for that because I saw my dad every other weekend, so it was always fun because, you know, once a month on one of the weekends, if I knew if it didn't happen this one, it'll be the next one. When I show up, it's going to be sitting there on my bed. Uh, yeah. And I, I would sit and read that, you know. And But like, once I got my license and I could drive, I was 16, that was 1995. Uh, wrestling magazines were like at an all-time high type of thing, if you will. I knew... Every week when the new issues came out, hit the newsstand, I would go to Mr. Paperback every week. That was my local bookstore in Augusta. I'd go to Mr. Paperback, and I knew what magazines were coming out that Friday. And every Friday, I would pick up two to three magazines, depending on which Friday it was. I bought them all. Because they were like three bucks a piece then. I mean, they weren't expensive. Yeah, you know. So, like, I would get, uh, of course, you know, I had WWE Magazine. But, like, um, I would get WCW Magazine. I would get New Wave Wrestling. Uh, that was, like, like a local magazine. It was like out of New York, but um, it was, like, it was like an independent magazine. You know, they talked to more of the independent. They did uh, actual interviews with the wrestlers. They did focus on, like, they did talk about WWF, WCW, but for the most part, they focused on the independent side of things. So, I, like I said, um, WCW Magazine, New Wave Wrestling, uh Inside Wrestling, The Rustler, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, um, and then later on when like Wow Magazine came out, you know World of Wrestling, oh, yeah. Yeah. and then ECW Magazine, they had a few issues with that. I really enjoyed the ECW Magazine; that was a great magazine. Um, and then there were a few others here and there. I can't remember all the titles, every single one of them. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, and then every year I got the PWI Almanac. Because before we had the internet, the PWI Almanac was... I mean, they stopped making that in 2014, I want to say. <laughs> but the PWI Almanac was the thing to read to learn about wrestling history. Because it would have all the title changes of all the major titles, the title histories of all of them. It would have all the pay-per-view results. It would have super card results from, like, the 70s and everything like that, you know, pre-pay-per-view. And then they did, like, a timeline of wrestling. And that would start all the way back to, like, 1890 when, like, like either Hackenschmidt or Gotch had some sort of match. And it would go through all the years all the way up till now, like, the biggest highlights of the years from, like, the late 1800s through, you know, 1990s. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, the almanac was the absolute best. I couldn't wait for that to come out. That was like you know seven bucks or something, but that was well worth it. Um, and they also did in that they do like the uh, the top ten stories of the year from the previous year, and then yeah. they had every single PWA five hundred list in there, you know, uh, numerically in numerical order, and then like all the re- all the awards and everything. So I mean, it was it was literally an almanac of wrestling facts and it was just it was so cool to read I would read that and reread it and reread it especially the supercard results and the title histories and everything because you just couldn't type into Google and look it up right so that yeah, was a great I, resource it's funny you say before the internet because my my favorite 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 thing in the WWF magazine yeah was their pay-per-view um, results yep Segments. Yep. That when I was younger, I didn't always get pay-per-views. And sometimes it would take, you know, I mean, back then it was six months, eight months before they'd be out on VHS. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
So, you know, say SummerSlam happens and you're like, oh, my God, I need to know what happens in SummerSlam. Yep. You kind of, you know, you see the next week's Saturday morning main event or Superstars superstars of Wrestling. Yep. Um, And you kind of you hear, you know, you see whoever won. Oh, my goodness. You know, this guy just won the IC belt or something and he comes out with it. And you're like, wow, that's so crazy. But I remember that next you know that next issue of the WWF magazine would have their whole recap and just looking at the pictures. Oh the yeah, pictures, they have the coolest the pictures. pictures of the crazy spots that you're just like, oh my god, look, he's like doing a moonsault, and you're like, yeah, it's unbelievable. Not even watching video of it, but just, just the still images that they got were always fantastic. And he, uh, you know, I just love the little the recap sections, and of course, it's you know before the internet. Now, you know. As it's happening, there's you know 700 live blogs that are oh, recording yeah. every move as it goes on. Yep. Oh yeah. It's 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 in one way it's it's good, in another way it's bad because you lose that you know that the anticipation of getting the new issue in the mail so you can see the stills and right. and everything else like that. You know, it's it's kind of like. There's an episode of The Simpsons from like 1989 or 1990 or something like that. It's one where Homer gets a legal cable. Oh, yeah. And they're at the power plant, and apparently they shower at the power plant in this episode, but the guys are talking about, hey, you want to come over to my house? We can listen to the fight on the radio. Yeah, and then we can watch the stills on the 11 o'clock news. Yeah, that'll be great. Yep. And Homer's like, or you can come to my house and watch it on cable, because back then having cable was a tremendously huge thing. Yeah. Um, it was almost like that type of scenario, you know, like back then we used to wait for the still photos and the articles and this and that. And now you can just have instant gratification. Yep. And now the WWE network, it's only nine ninety nine a month. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember when raw magazine came out the first issue and I remember getting that and you know, it was mature content and on and on and on. <laughs> and, uh, I loved it. Like, that first issue completely changed to me what a wrestling magazine could and should be. Not just because of the, uh, you know, the every issue had that photo shoot of one of the one of the divas uh, being scantily clad, which at 16, I was prime for that. Um, <laughs> but just the articles, you know, like the, the Vic Venom articles or... Uh, Jim Cornette's articles or just the interviews or you know everything they did was just it was edgier it was more you know it was they obliterated kayfabe in that I mean it was so far removed from what WWE Magazine was you know I I couldn't believe it like I stopped getting WWE Magazine because I was like I'm not even want to read that anymore right because Raw Magazine is so much better and it was a little frustrating because like the first year it came out every other month. So they only did like six issues that first year. And then after like the first year, it went monthly. And, uh, you know, for many years, that was a wonderful publication. And then when they did the brand split after the invasion, after WCW shut down, they did the brand split. You know, they slowly phased out all the quote-unquote mature comment in the magazine and then WWE Magazine became SmackDown Magazine, and the Raw Magazine became Raw, but not like Raw, just Raw, the TV show. Right. 
and that lost its luster for me for a while there. But I don't know. I just remember used to anticipating going to the newsstand to, to pick up the new issues and grab the different ones and look at the different, you know, interviews. And, you know, I love the arena results section of the PWI. I used to right. love going and reading those from like, you know, the different places, the different indie shows. And if I recognize any names or whatever, and <laughs> or old WWF or WCW guys that were now working, you know, the indie circuit and everything. Right. Um, but yeah, it was just, I don't know. Now the only wrestling magazine you have at the newsstand basically is, I think it was, a, if you go to Barnes Noble, I think they still carry like was it Fighting Spirit out of the UK, but uh, on the American side of things, it's just PWI is somehow still around, hmm. which is surprising. So, yeah, I was feeling nostalgic about the magazines. <laughs> and it's true. It's so funny though, because I mean, like you said, that you knew you know, the schedule of what was coming out. I just yep. remember before, you know, like these days or recently, you're like, oh, you know, this this DVD comes out or this CD comes out this week or that, you know, whatever. Yep. I, I remember before any of that, and it's just like, well, I'm just going to go to, you know, the Sam Goody, yep. you know, or, oh, God, or yeah. Noble or something and just be like, let's just look and see what new stuff is out because I have no idea. I saw, I saw this new video on MTV. Yep. I wonder if I can buy the album. And you go, and you're like, no, that comes out in a month. And you're like, oh, okay. And then a month later, you'd forget. And then you'd go and be like, oh, my God, this came out. This is awesome. Yeah, it was just like you know, going to the mall used to be fun when I was a kid or a teenager or even a young adult. I don't know what you want to call it. Because like my buddy, hey, let's go down. The, let's go to the, the main mall. Because for me, the biggest mall in Maine is you know an hour away south down in Portland. And that had, you know... A KB, a Walden Books, a Mr. Pa- you know, a, I miss um, Walden Books. Yeah, <laughs> but like it had a KB Toys, Disney Store, Warner Brothers Store, Walden Books. It had a had um, what was it uh, Fye Anna Sam Goody, and I no, it had a Saturday matinee. That was the name of the video store yep. they had down there. But there was like three of them in the mall, and you know There's you could go. There was also the Suncoast movies or whatever. Yeah, there was a comic book shop in there. So you could go to the mall and walk around and go and look at the videos and see what's on the shelves and see what's come out and see what's been re-released or released for the first time or check out the foreign movies or on and on and on or same thing with books and music and same thing with everything because it just wasn't so readily available. You had to kind of go look to see what was coming out. You know, you'd walk into Sam Goody or one of those stores and behind the registers or right there on the wall, they'd have the yep, the, the calendar. Yep, with the release dates and what you can pre-order and on and on and on. Yeah. And, yeah. Now yeah. you don't. You just, it's just, it's different. And I guess it's not bad. It's just not what it was. No, but it the thing that, that drives me nuts is like everything is so instant and my kids – yeah. If something literally takes more than two seconds, they flip oh, out. Yeah, I've said this a like, couple of years ago. How come on demand isn't working? And you're like, yeah. no, you don't get it. Like, you're lucky you have ten seasons of this TV show just on your on the TV to watch. Oh, yeah. Like when I was a kid, not to sound not to <laughs> not to be that, but like, you know, if unless it was Saturday morning, you didn't get to watch cartoons. Yeah. And if you if you were lucky enough to have a couple of tapes of cartoons, like that's all you had. So you were watching the same ones yeah. over and over again. 
And then, God forbid, when it got onion skin thin from watching it so many times and the tape would break, now you got to fish it out of the machine. Hopefully, it doesn't get jammed up inside. you got to take the case apart, which means you have to cut the sticker off. Open the, take the screws out. Open the case up. Very carefully cut away the bad parts of the tape. Hopefully, you're not losing more than a few seconds of you know film time. Tape it together very carefully. Put the whole thing back together and just hope it stays. And when it does, you're like, yeah! <laughs> My kids, oh, Dad, it's buffering! Yeah. How come Netflix yeah. is glitching? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Relax. Yeah. You're lucky. You had to wait two weeks after seeing this in the theater to see this at your house. Right, exactly. a year. Yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> I'd wait a year and then somebody else rented WrestleMania, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Yep. I know. Then you couldn't. Yeah, exactly. Then you'd finally get there to rent it and it'd be out. Yeah. Because it was a hot topic. Hot, hot, hot. Uh, yeah. I don't know. So, um, getting back to wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what this show's about. Wrestling. <clears throat> um, what did you think of the Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, Samoa Joe triple threat? Um. I thought it was pretty good. See, I triple threat matches lately, do they seem to just have the same formula where it's one guy gets knocked out of the ring? Oh, yeah, they, fight, they, they always will. That guy gets back, and then somebody else gets knocked out, and two different people fight. Like, Do you remember watching triple threats where it was lots of actual triple threaty action? Yeah, to really to go back to that actual triple threaty action, you'd have to go to ECW and the series, the tremendous series of triple threat matches that Little Guido, Super Crazy, and Tajiri had. Right. But yeah, it seems like there's always a thing where one guy gets knocked out or gets you know taken out, so two can wrestle for a while. And yeah, I was reading a thing that the reason why WWE is having so many multi-man or multi-person matches right now is uh because they're trying to save one-on-one encounters for like later in the summer to build towards SummerSlam. Whatever. Yeah. Um so it got me thinking about triple threat matches. Okay. And I was thinking of some some older ones that I really enjoyed that might not be I, I guess the super popular, you know, everybody always talks about the WrestleMania 20. Right. But for me, personally, I I, I think I may have enjoyed the, um, the Benoit Triple H HBK from Backlash right after WrestleMania yep. more than the WrestleMania match. Jeez, I, I remember... I remember... I didn't get the pay-per-view, but I bought the DVD okay. of that show uh, to watch it because I I'm a huge Chris Benoit fan. Like, really, like it just I love watching him in the ring. He's great. He's crisp. He's yeah. excellent in the ring. Yeah, I, I know what he did, but still, I, I love watching him in the ring. Uh, so I remember, I remember, I bought the DVD so I could watch it because I thought they're going to be in Edmonton. Like they're never in. They've I don't yeah. know if they've ever done a TV in Edmonton, but now they're doing a pay per view in Edmonton. So, um, and yeah, I actually, 
I think I enjoy I enjoyed that match way more on the first viewing than I did the WrestleMania match because of the WrestleMania match. I wanted Benoit to win so bad that, mm-hmm. I, and I just assumed that he wasn't going to. I thought Shawn Michaels was going to win the belt. Right. And so I was just kind of like so balled up with the nerves and everything like that watching it because I wanted to, Benoit to win it so bad that I couldn't let myself enjoy it that much. Okay. So I guess on the first time through, I would say I did enjoy the Backlash rematch better. <clears throat> yeah. But for you know, a second I mean, time through, I, I don't know. I'd have to rewatch them both. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I remember standing out about this match, and I, I haven't watched it in a long time, yep. is that it, I remember Benoit for like the longest time in the match, he would kind of have someone isolated in like a submission move or something and the other guy would come back into the ring you know or, or come at them and inst- and as they would go to attack Benoit he would somehow turn their move into a submission on them yep if you remember like I think he I want to say he had Triple H in the sharpshooter and HBK comes at him and like goes to throw a punch and he catches the punch and turns it into the crossface and then, you know, Triple H is kind of like laying out because he was he know, was just in the sharpshooter, yeah. You know, but like sequences like that, you know, I you don't really see stuff like that anymore. You see, you know, the typical they're going to go up and do the three people or the five people or however many people are in the match move yep. off the corner where there's yep. like the t- they're going to they do the big tower doom everything train yeah. wreck, you know, yep. like stuff like that. And you got. You don't see a lot of the creativity. Yeah. And I mean, the finish of the match when, like, Triple H was just beat to a pulp outside the ring. And uh, Benoit has HBK in the sharpshooter right in the middle. And Triple H is trying to get back into the ring to break it up. But he's struggling to get in. And just as he gets close, that's when Shawn Michaels taps. That was all. Yep. It's a good finish. Yeah. It's a great finish. I'm going to have to go rewatch that match now. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it. That I, I think I want to go back and rewatch that one. There, I mean, are there any other triple threat matches that stand out to you? As, well, as being, I mean, I did mention the uh, the super crazy, the Tajiri, right. the uh, little Guido matches they had in ECW. Their series of triple threat matches are phenomenal. Um, I loved the uh, Taz versus Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka triple threat for the ECW title because Taz was eliminated first in short yep. order. Yo, yeah. And it was just like, holy crap. Yep. Taz has been eliminated? Like, I didn't see it coming. It blew me away. And now it's like you have two guys that they've had a couple matches over here, but they've gone to friggin' war in Japan. And they're pretty yep. evenly matched, you know, like, you know, as you're watching it, you're thinking about it, even though one guy's bigger than the other. Um, yeah, I mean, one guy is awesome. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, you were in store for... I knew you were going to be in store for, like, a fantastic, phenomenal match, but I was just shocked when Taz was the first guy out of it. Yeah, that... Absolutely I, shocked. That was the reaction with me and my friends. Yeah. We were watching it, we were like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. And, I mean, it was, like, a couple minutes in, right? The, yes, they both, like, just went at him. And, you know, awesome, like, I think they, Sato Tanaka, I think, did, 
I want to say, if I remember correctly, he did like the Bob Hawley like wheelbarrow suplex move thing, mm. or the Alabama slam, whatever you want to call it, and he hit that, and then Mike Austin came right off the top up with a frog splash, and then they both bend him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Damn. I gotta find that again. I haven't seen that in years. Yeah. 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 That's a great match, and it was just shocking that that's what happened. Yeah. You know, like holy shit. Taz was eliminated. Even even like Joey Styles is like Taz has been eliminated. Taz <laughs> has been eliminated. Like I just it was great the way he sold it. Like he was in disbelief. Like I think everyone was. I mean yeah. I think it stunned the audience. It was like damn, did not see that coming at and, all. And that's what made you know what made it so great. It yeah. stunned everybody. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, if you want to keep talking about triple threats, I mean, yeah, man, you, you can't overlook the the TLC matches with the Dudleys, the Hardys, and Edge Christian. See, but everybody talks about those, right? No, no, you're right, but I mean, like, those are some pretty unbelievably awesome triple threat matches, right? But okay, I mean, for me, like semi impromptu triple threats on like just an episode of SmackDown, yeah. When when they're good, yeah, they're so good. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you know they're kind of hit or miss. But do you remember the um, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, and Rey Mysterio one that was just like on an episode of SmackDown? I I do not actually know. Oh my goodness! It the three of them. I mean, I know your feelings on Rey Mysterio, but this was back when you know he wasn't horrendous. Yeah, this uh, was back when I liked him. He. Uh, the, the three of them in that match it was action 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 the thing was so fast paced that I mean it was just fantastic that I I just I don't even remember when it was from but I just remember it was on just an episode of TV and it was tremendous see when you started talking about um the, uh, the triple threat match there, I thought you were going to go with Kurt Angle, um, Chris Benoit, and, and Chris Jericho when they did that one for the for the Euro Continental Championship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were going to talk about that one. No. Um, you know, another one that, jeez, uh, I can't remember. I think it was WrestleMania 18. But I'm not sure. But it was for the women's title, and it was uh, Lita, Jazz, and Trish Stratus. Oh, yeah. That was, to me, that was a great match because you didn't, the women weren't, let's just be honest, they weren't delivering matches like that. Right. You know, every week or on TV or whatever. So, I mean, like, that. that's a pretty awesomely significant match, really. Uh, September 26th of 2002. The episode of SmackDown, if you're interested. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, like you said, triple match done, a triple threat match done right. Like, to me, do you think it needs to be one fall to a finish or elimination style? You know what? I like, for me, I prefer one fall to a finish. Because yep. I, you know, like I was saying, with the ending, you know, you have Benoit with HBK in the in the sharpshooter and you have Triple yep. H trying to get in to break it up, that, to me, is a more exciting or satisfying finish than yep. he has him in a sharpshooter, 
and you know nothing happens and then he gives up and then he moves on to fight Triple H and eliminates him you know um what about uh was it SummerSlam 2000 the uh the Rock against Triple H against Kurt Angle or Kurt Angle got knocked out right at the beginning oh yeah just the fact that he got knocked out like he did and he still kind of came back yeah and kept going on that one yeah yeah, I mean, the one, the Rock, Angle, and Undertaker from Vengeance was another solid one. Yep, yep. Um, what was, it? was it Kane, Raven, and uh, Al Snow? Jeez, that one, I don't remember. I think that was like out of WrestleMania. There's a bit where, like, I think Kane jumps on a golf cart and chases one of them down. I mean, that was just, that was a weird one. Maybe it wasn't just the three of them, but still. I don't know. Um, the the last one that I was thinking about, and it it may honestly just because of the finish, may be my favorite triple threat. You know, that's not you know one of like the main crazy ones everyone talks about. All right. From a TLC, in I don't remember what year, 2010 maybe, or so, when it was um. Alberto Del Rio, The Miz, and CM Punk. Oh, yeah. Jeez, yeah. With with the finish where CM Punk is handcuffed to the, the corner. And I just love that The Miz is standing there just out of just out of reach as Punk is, like, you know, trying to punch at him. Yeah. he's got this smirk on his face. And then CM Punk just kicks him in the head and knocks him out. And then he, you know as Del Rio's trying to get the ladder in the ring and the miss is coming too, CM Punk just takes apart the rope, the ropes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jeez. And yes. Like to get himself unhooked with the thing. He just starts, you know, he rips off Unscre- the turnbuckle and uh, yeah. just starts unscrewing the thing. Yep. And I love the commentary is like, what is he doing? Like he, you, you got to use tools to do that. And he's just doing it with his hands. Yeah. You know, jeez, oh, I forgot yeah, all about man. that. That was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's people, you know, like, I mean, The Miz is, he's pretty underrated. Is he the best ever? No, but he, he delivers solid performances. Nope. You're right. He the knows. Miz is very underrated. Yeah, I mean, he, he is like, for me, kind of like a throwback heel kind of guy yep. where he knows how to get the audience pissed. Or he knows like the the heel type stuff to do, like Kevin Owens, that yeah. like the heels of yesteryear would do. Like he's about to have a move pulled on him, so he pulls his wife in between them, you know. And then he's got this smile on his face as yep. he's talking you know, <laughs> behind his wife. You yeah, know, like that kind of stuff. You don't, you know. You honestly, know, the Miz that are like the Usos out there <sighs> that are like, yeah, we run this place because. We we run this place. Yeah, like, oosh. Okay. That doesn't make any sense. Like yeah. I don't get why I should care. But then you had the Miz come out, and you know, like his kindergarten teacher stuff. Yes. When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. shut. Yeah. Like, come on, you're such a dick. No, he um he's very underrated. I think I think or you know people shit on him to shit on him, whatever it is. But, I mean, obviously, if they keep putting the belt on him and keep putting him in the top programs, he has so much mic time all the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, and he's, 
actually pretty damn good in the ring. I think ultimately by the time the Miz is done wrestling, he'll become one of those guys that is uh, revered uh, for his time in the ring and will be well missed. You know what I mean? Hmm. Interesting. I think people will go back and and they'll have such a fond uh, fond liking for him uh, because of his end of his career that you know they'll. You know, oh, well, I've always liked him. You know what I mean? They'll be kind of right. retro bandwagon jumpers. But I remember this even. All right. It was a TLC match. I think it was in 2007. But, like, The Miz got injured early on in the match, allegedly, and had to go to the back. And he had hurt his ankle or something. And then all of a sudden, like, midway through the match, everyone's down and out. And the ladder's sitting there in the middle of the ring, and no one's climbing it. And all of a sudden, The Miz just starts running while selling it kind of hopping to the ring from the back and the crowd friggin' erupted into this unbelievable pop for the Miz like it was and it was a cool moment because it all you, you know this is a guy you think is out and all of a sudden here he is he's coming back but in typical Miz faction he's coming out when everyone's down and the ladders they're right there and you know he right. can try and get up there you know unabated or whatever it, it didn't work out for him but um but yeah, I just I don't know, I was thinking about that. Yeah. So, but uh, anyhow. Yeah, I mean th- those were the only ones that I was really thinking of. But <laughs> you know, nice. I mean, I I was just thinking about it because every time you watch the matches lately, it's like the same thing over and over again, and I just miss you know some of the innovation, and I don't know because I mean there are people there that can do some great things. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like over you know over um thinking matches from like the people in the back that you got to do this 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 you know and like not quite giving them the freedom in the ring it's just like they're not letting them do the things that they can do so they can go out there and and tear it down right you know like there's a couple of guys that that were on the roster like he, like Evan Bourne like I, the matches I saw him do on the independence as Matt Seidel before he became Evan Bourne uh, some of the aerial moves he used to do and everything and then they get him in there and he's definitely a toned down version Paul London I mean people used to chant at Paul London please don't die for some of the crazy shit yeah. that he used to do and then he goes into the WWE and it's a toned down version of him and yeah and, I mean um, I, I understand safety concerns Right. And, Me too. Health, health yeah. concerns and things like that. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, you know, obviously, don't don't take chair shots to the face. Right. You know, or the top of the head. That right. that's a no no. But I mean, if a guy wants to do like a crazy flip off of something onto somebody, you know, if they work it out and they can protect the guy, go for it. Yep. I agree you with know? that. I mean, you see, you see Charlotte doing them. Yep. And I mean, there some other people will go up to do moves that you're just like yeah they really should not be doing this <laughs> it does not look comfortable yep but at the same time you got the 205 live guys most of these people are high flyers you know why are they having ground matches i know that's what that was with the innovation of the cruiserweights and wcw was that was the innovation of the x division that started up in tna it was what the cruiserweights did, the high flying, the the crazy flippy shit, if you will, and I love Matt wrestling, but when I think of a cruiserweight, I don't yeah. think of Matt wrestling. Yeah, I don't want to see a submission match with cruiserweights. Yeah, 
you know, unless you have like Neville make <laughs> make Austin Aries submit by doing like seventeen red arrows in a row, <laughs> where he's just like enough. I can't. Take I can't it take anymore. it any longer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it all goes back to being nostalgic for the older days. It, it, maybe it does. Maybe it does in some extent. So, <laughs> anyhow, cool. Well, I think that's gonna be it for this week. Yeah, I got nothing else. This guy's this guy's got to hit the sack. So yeah, all right. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Superstar ML. I am at Aaron S Bell. Ronnie's at Ronbar316. Send all your complaints to him. Yep. He's, he's not going to do anything because I don't know if he'll ever be back on the show. So <laughs> He may or may not answer and respond. Who knows? Uh, the show is at a thousand, thousand pods hold and uh, or holds pod or whatever. you, you got to know what it is. Holding a thousand pods. There you go. Holding a thousand pods. And uh, we got the podcast of Thousand Holds on the old uh, Facebook. And yeah, so I guess thanks. Not a podcast!